You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations, and bedtime stories all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Ten years ago, my wife and I were walking through Graceland Cemetery in Chicago and we came across the gravesite of... Louis Sullivan. Louis Sullivan was an influential architect in the late 19th, early 20th century. And as we saw his grave marker, I, I noticed the inscription that said that it was paid for by Frank Lloyd Wright. And it reminded me of something that one of my old art history professors had sort of shared as an aside. And he said, Louis Sullivan was such a brilliant artist and architect that his influence would last for a hundred years, but he was such a pain to work with that despite everybody knowing he was really the most qualified for the job, they wouldn't give him jobs. And he died with his career in ruins. He died penniless. I always thought that that was kind of an exaggeration by the professor, but his bright and promising career designing skyscrapers was effectively killed by his bad attitude and bad behavior. And in the end, he was left in such bad shape, he couldn't even put up his own gravestone. I feel like who art ed? Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and for this week's Fun Fact Friday, we're going to be focusing on Louis Sullivan and one of his iconic skyscrapers, the Carson Peary Scott Building, or as it's known today, the Sullivan Center. In 1896, Louis Sullivan wrote about skyscrapers and architectural design in The Tall Building Artistically Considered. This was the origin of the famous phrase, form follows function. Uh, 
What Sullivan actually said was, form must ever follow function. But regardless of the phrasing, the meaning remains the same. Architects should consider how a building will be used and then base the design on that. I remember when I was in school hearing my art history professor describe the early modern architectural philosophy kind of like a layer cake. Sullivan argued that the building should be considered in tiers. At the base level, the business should be easily accessible to the public. It should be light and open, and the second story should also be easily accessible by stairways. Above that, there should be offices. The offices should be uniform. They should look the same to unify the design and because they're all serving basically the same purpose. This section can have as many stories as needed and desired. And then finally, the attic at the top. Sullivan argued the attic story should have distinctive molding or a cornice to add not only a decorative flourish, but to mark an end point to the building. Simultaneously, this decorative topper would serve to set the building apart from others in the skyline. One of the most iconic and influential designs created by Sullivan was the Carson Peary Scott Building in Chicago. One of the things Chicago is famous for is the grid of streets. While many older cities feel sort of cobbled together, the Great Chicago Fire provided an opportunity to rebuild methodically. So a great deal of the city is laid out on a grid of roads running north and south or east and west. The Carson Peary Scott Building is in the heart of the city at the corner of State and Madison, which is essentially the zero-zero point on the grid. My first year in college, I actually stayed in a dorm across the street. I walked by the Carson Peary Scott Building every day. Carson Peary Scott was a department store along the lines of Macy's or Sears, but Carson's went out of business a while back. The building's now the Sullivan Center, but it's remained true to its retail roots. Currently, a Target is occupying the retail space. The ground floor is inviting with larger windows than you would see on the offices above. The windows let natural light into the store, but more importantly, they let pedestrians see into the displays of goods for sale. I think one of the greatest details is the ironwork at the ground level. The cast iron has elaborate floral designs. It's a sort of Art Nouveau embellishment that, on first glance, may seem in conflict with the idea that form follows function. While Sullivan said that form must ever follow function, he also said the building's identity lies in the ornament. The decorative embellishments were functional. They set apart the building from its surroundings, welcoming and enticing passersby to come inside. There's a rounded corner with a large entryway visible and accessible to welcome people coming from all directions. While the building bears Sullivan's name today, and he was a very important and influential architect, he was not an easy man to work with. One of the things that many people leave out of the story of this building is the fact that a different architect, Daniel Burnham, was hired to complete the last phase of the building in 1906. Basically, they just said, we love this design from Louis Sullivan, but we hate working with Louis Sullivan. So, Mr. Burnham, can you please copy Sullivan's design and just extend it a little bit further? 
Louis Sullivan had a reputation for being a great artist, but an awful human, and his career suffered because of it. In the end, Sullivan died penniless. Another great architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, actually took up a collection and paid for Sullivan's burial and the stone inscribed to pay tribute to Sullivan's legacy. While the man may be gone, his words that form must ever follow function became a rallying cry for a generation of modern architects. Those words have been repeated in textbooks and etched into stone to live on influencing generations of architects and designers to come. Of course, now as I think back on Louis Sullivan and his life and his legacy, the lesson that I really learned from it is not a phrase that he wrote. I think back to my old friend Jen Lieben and her classroom rules summed up in one simple phrase from the iconic work of Barbara Kruger that said, don't be a jerk. I think that's a lesson we would all do well to live by, regardless of education or occupation. Just don't be a jerk. You and everyone around you will be better for it. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.